Hi guys and welcome or welcome back to the Dedicate podcast. I'm Kate Ivey, your host, and today I'm chatting to our Dedicate yoga and postpartum Pilates instructor, Billy. Billy shares with us two of her life challenges, her traumatic birth story and an illness that led her to be bedridden for a year. As always, it's through challenges that greatness occurs, as Billy's diagnosis led her to completely change her lifestyle and become a yoga and Pilates teacher. A great episode, we hope you enjoy. Hey Billy, how are you? Yeah, I'm good. How are you doing? Good. Have you got Poppy all down to bed okay? She's out for a walk with my oh, mum right. and stepdad, so they've gone, we've taken the dogs, it's like, great. Oh, perfect. <laughs> <laughs> And she's just turned one, hasn't she? She's just turned one, yeah. Has it gone fast, the year? It's gone so fast, honestly. I just can't, yeah, I can't fathom it. It's like, where does the time go? Did you find the first few um, sort of weeks go a bit slow and then all of a sudden it just gets faster and faster and faster and faster? Yeah, and because they're just like sleeping all the time and stuff, you know, it's just a bit like, it's all new. But mm. yeah, it does. It speeds up, definitely. Yeah, because for a yeah. while there, it kind of feels like it's never going to end. You know, like newborn yeah. stage, getting up in the night. and <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> now, um, yeah. as you guys all know, listening, and as you know, Billy, we we enjoy delving into people's challenges, their rock bottoms, um, things that have occurred in their life that have helped them to grow as a person or just something really tough that by sharing their story um, will help others. Um, and you've got two today, which is awesome. Um, so we're just talking about Poppy and her arrival into the world wasn't the best. I don't know anything about it yet, but you're going to share it with us, Billy. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm happy to share that today. Thanks, Kate. Um, bear with me if I get emotional. It's something I haven't necessarily dealt with so far. Mm-hmm. Sort of haven't really talked about it, but I'm happy to talk about it because I know it's part of the healing process. You know, mm-hmm. it's like, but it helps to talk about. So, yeah. Um, oh, thank you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, I'll start just by talking about my pregnancy, which yeah, we got pregnant really quick, which was a surprise really because I've dealt with endometriosis and I have this abnormal uterus as well um yeah so that was great and I actually loved being pregnant it was I just felt amazing you know I did have the the morning sickness and um the tiredness of that first trimester but then I just felt better than ever loved it mm-hmm. Um, and Tim and I did a hypnobirthing course, which really like eased my anxiety around giving birth. And I did hypnobirthing too and could great, not recommend eh? it highly enough. Yeah. Oh, amazing. Yeah. So good. It just sort of takes that fear away. I yeah. And you actually um, look forward to it and you're confident yes. and you're excited for what's ahead. Exactly. For the actual birth. Uh, yeah. 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 I was, I was so looking forward to giving birth. I was so determined to have this natural unmedicated birth you know I was like ready for it um but with my abnormal uterus I have a bicornual uterus so it's like a heart shape so there is sort of less room and there's um it's more likely that the baby will be breech okay so how common is that it's not common at all Mm -hmm. yeah um so yeah but I was okay about it and I um she was breech (laughs) um but I sort of did everything I possibly could to turn her I did the acupuncture you know I was doing headstands we did this um the moxibustion weird thing you put this hot thing on your little toe like it's you know and being into yoga you know like people that are into yoga are quite in tune with their bodies and like to try, um, this is a generalization, but are in tune with their bodies (laughs) and like to try all the different things like that and really trust different therapies for your body. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So, so did any of that work? It didn't, it didn't work, but I still did have time, but I think because of my uterus, it was almost like I knew that, it 
there wasn't room for her anymore to turn. So I sort of was coming to terms with the fact that I probably need a cesarean. Mm -hmm. Um, But you'd done everything you could. So you're happy with that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, But in the end, I didn't get the choice anyway, because um, she came very early. So I was 35 weeks. Oh, wow. And so I had what's called a placental abruption. I didn't know that at the time. I found out later. Yeah. So I had this massive bleed. Um, I was just about to go to bed and I felt this, you know, and I thought, I wonder if that's my waters breaking. Because it was mm-hmm. like, you know how you see in the movies? like Yeah, the gush. Like, yeah, it's like a big event. That's like what it felt like. So I went to the toilet and it was just like so much blood oh, everywhere. That must have been so scary. What were you thinking was, at the time? I think I was like maybe in shock because I was quite calm. I just said to Tim, like, oh, my God, I've had a bleed. Like, And I was like, you need to call Helen. So he called my midwife. And we, yeah, it was like I was, I was calm, quite calm. Like went upstairs, got the dog's bed, like brought it down so he had somewhere to sit by the window. and like yeah. Maternal you know, instincts, sort of, like a powerful, yeah. you know. <laughs> it was like really weird. But And Tim was sort of like, should I get the bags because – I had packed bags, but I knew it was really urgent. And I said, we just have to go. So we went. Oh, he was just, I remember telling him to slow down because he was driving so fast. Mm-hmm. I was like so scared of what was happening, but then I was scared of this driving. It was like, yeah. oh my But God, I think for the much. men, um, it can be quite hard for them because they don't yeah. have control, but that's something they can control. They can exactly. get you to the hospital as fast as they possibly can. Yeah, that's very true. And yeah, I was sort of by this time in the car, I was trying to stay calm and do my, you know, deep breathing and all that, but, and that definitely helped, but I was sort of having a breakdown at the same time because I could still feel that I was bleeding and it was just like, did you put a whole lot of towels on the seat? Like what did you? Um, I think I put a towel down and I had some maternity pads, which I grabbed. I had one of those and then, yeah, so the drive was terrible because we went to take the exit we would take to go to the hospital. It was closed for roadworks. So it was just like, Oh my God, wait till the next exit to come back around. Mm. And And it feels like an eternity (laughs) when you're in trouble, doesn't it? It really did. So anyway, we finally did manage to get there and yeah, it's all sort of a blur. Like I can sort of picture it, but um, they hooked me up to all the monitors and stuff. And then, I I heard her heartbeat, so I just was like, oh, my God, just, you know, sense of relief, like she's okay. Um, And I think I just thought, I don't know what I thought, but I didn't think I'd be having her then, Mm. you know. Um, And my midwife, absolutely amazing. She so she sort of was, the, sorry yeah. was the bleeding um occurring because she was ready to come like or was she ready to come because of the bleeding or oh yeah sorry so I will explain what that is okay so cool what actually had happened is the placenta had come away from the wall of the uterus so essentially she had lost her blood supply okay so she was like I've got to get out of here bleed, now. yeah yeah so she was actually in distress but I think because I heard her heartbeat, I thought, oh, she's okay. Yeah. but And sorry, um, just and, one quick question before, because yep. I can tell this. Um, mm. So the placenta coming away from the line at the wall, uh, yes. line, yeah. Um, was that because of your abnormal uterus was, or was it just something that randomly can it happen? It is just something that happens and there's absolutely no reason for it. Like there's no explanation. Okay. And it's probably yeah. not very common. Like I haven't heard of it before. Like I haven't had a friend or anyone that's had Yeah, this. it's not very common. I haven't heard of many other people that have had them. Okay. Continue, Billy. Thank you. Yeah. So <laughs> yeah, I sort of was feeling okay. And my midwife said, you know, look, we, there is a possibility that she could come tonight. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I'm glad she said that to me because, you know, I was, mm. I would never have considered it for whatever reason. <laughs> but yeah, as time went on, it was like, okay, it's looking a little bit more likely. And then all of a sudden, Tim's get getting thrown some scrubs. You know, I'm very, being prepped for surgery and they're saying, okay, she's coming. So was this <laughs> she was coming herself or it was like, we have to get her out? No. So what I found out later was the her heart 
beat that what they call it a sinus sinusoidal rhythm I think is I'm probably pronouncing it wrong but what my midwife explained later on was that she was on her way out so like she was you know dying essentially so it was just like um, so sorry no no, of course so (laughs) why did they not do an emergency c-section straight away well I think they were just waiting to see because the bleeding had stopped um at some point and then she was looking maybe okay for a little while um but I think this actually all really happened in a very short space of time. Um, yeah, yeah, from the time that I had the bleed till the time she was actually in my arms, it was two hours. So it was pretty quick. Wow, yeah. Um, and so did you yeah. get referred straight away to an obstetrician or with the yes. midwife's handling? There was just, oh, no, there was like so many people in there. Yep, the okay, obstetrician, because um, it was at night, um, she, the obstetrician, he um, came in from home. And they did want to do, um, put me under general anesthetic, which I was really upset about just because, you know. Well, you had your birth plan. Yeah. 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 Um, And my midwife was great. She actually spoke to the team and they did agree to give me a spinal. So I'm so thankful for that. Because you you Um, wanted to see and be around. I wanted to be there, Mm. you know. Um, And I know for people that have had a general anesthetic, it can be quite traumatic because you know you wake up and suddenly you have this baby and mm-hmm. you sort of you miss know, part of the bonding process it. sort of yeah because yeah birthing yeah. is part of it or what so you know, or c-section yeah, which, which is it is yeah so yeah whisked in there and, and also because if I had a general Tim couldn't have been there so that was amazing he could be there with mm-hmm. me um it's quite funny actually when they gave me the spinal you've got to like hug a pillow and curl forward and they're like it's really hard to do but we really need you to get that curl <laughs> for your spine and I did it and they were like oh my god like it's amazing <laughs> you're like I'm a yoga teacher <laughs> yeah so there's something you know yeah. funny little moment there yeah, but, yeah. Um, yeah so that all went pretty smoothly but it, it definitely you know was an emergency it was very fast I mean my mm. scar is really massive and you know not very nice because it was you know had to be done so quick but that's okay yeah. so um, so you said um they said she might come tonight so yeah she started the process and they and they sort of finished it if that makes sense well she didn't really I mean so when they say she's coming tonight they mean we might be they getting mean her out tonight that we need to get her out to save yeah. her essentially yeah yeah, yeah yeah um yeah because so she her heart rate started dropping yeah, yeah yeah definitely so when they did pull her out, she wasn't breathing. Um, and, but yeah, she's like our little miracle baby. Honestly, she, they put her over, you know, and Tim was over there. Um, and I think they gave her just some positive pressure. And my midwife said to Tim, you know, talk to her because she'll know your voice, like talk to her. And, um, Oh, I'll just tell you, I'll just go back a little bit because this mm-hmm. is sort of a cute story. Um, so when we found out I was pregnant, I downloaded that app that like tells you how big the baby is, you know, at so many weeks. And she was as big as a poppy seed. So oh. we called her, we called her poppy seed all the oh, way through my cute. pregnancy. Um, and so he said to her, he said, poppy seed, hello, poppy seed. Aww. And she like, and so you hadn't decided eyes. the name yet. We hadn't, we hadn't. Aww. No, she opened her eyes, locked eyes with him and then started crying. And it was like oh, really wow. beautiful moment. Yeah. That is so special because so, yeah. during the um, C-section, did was at any stage, did they have to prepare you that, you know, things were maybe not going to be okay or was it, you know, they don't really say anything. They just they didn't really say to... anything. They were just going for it, I think, you know, just, yeah, just to get yeah. her out. Um, and my midwife was there, which was great because they're not always there in a cesarean. So, yeah. um, and she was really encouraging as well. That's yeah. So nice. And then how was yeah. your recovery? Recovery wasn't too bad. I mean, I think, like I said, because it was an emergency, the incision, you know, wasn't sort of as nice as it would be if it was a planned cesarean um so there was quite a lot of pain and sort of on one side a lot of pulling Mm -hmm. um so walking was quite 
hard. Um, it took me, yeah, it took me quite a while actually to be able to walk sort of properly again and stuff. Mm. But overall, it wasn't terrible. Yeah. yeah. And so, yeah, I mean, so she was five weeks early and actually the NICU was full, but still I don't think that she needed to go there. So we, she stayed with us the whole time, um, which was amazing, really. Mm. And I feel lucky, you know, that we had her with us as well, that she wasn't away somewhere else. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and we were in the hospital for close to a week before we went home. But And was that just to make yeah. sure that she was okay mostly or was it both of you? Yeah, it was mostly her. Um, she did have a bit of trouble feeding just because she was so early. So she had a nasal gastric tube and um, just to, you know, make sure she was putting on weight and, mm-hmm. and all that stuff, you know, blood sugar yeah. levels and everything. Yeah. Yeah, but and it must have yeah. been such a whirlwind, whirlwind, because you it was you weren't quite ready at five weeks, five weeks. I out. wasn't ready. I mean, I had the day she was weren't born, you still taking some of our pregnancy yoga? I was, yeah, because she was born on the Monday, and I was meant to still take my last yoga session on the Thursday, <laughs> and also the Tuesday was supposed to be my last day at work. And I had all these things planned. I'd booked massages yeah. and like a float and acupuncture. And, you know, I was really looking forward to a few weeks of yeah. just me time. But anyway. Because okay. a lot of people do find it hard if they're, um, you know, they have a birth plan. Yeah. And if it doesn't go to plan, which yours certainly didn't, and you didn't even yeah. get that prep beforehand. Yeah. Was that hard or were you just grateful that um, a bit it of all both. worked out okay? Like, definitely grateful but it was hard because I think Mm. there was there's a bit of grief around you know the fact that well I loved being pregnant so that I sort of had lost Mm. it before I was ready to you know um also yeah that I didn't get the birth I wanted and also that I didn't I haven't experienced labor you know I was really looking forward to Mm, the challenge and I didn't I didn't even get to feel a contraction or anything, mm. you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, so when people yeah. say, um, you know, there's things like mum clubs and birth clubs, you know, it's just a, a, a phrase. Yeah. And people talk about, um, you know, what contractions are like and yes. it's kind of yeah. this motherhood sort of, um, I don't know, almost cult. Do you know yeah. what I mean? So you yeah. sort of don't have that, do you? And Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. It does feel like a bit bit of a loss but you know I am I'm so grateful because um you know she's okay and she's Mm. here and you know it's sort of yeah it's okay to to know that it was a trauma but to also be so grateful for it you know I like Um, that yeah yeah. that things can serve two purposes and sit in two places yeah yeah with the placental abruption the bleed you can have a bleed like I did where you actually feel it and it comes out or the bleed can stay inside and you don't even know about oh, it. Well, and, yeah. you know, then you lose the baby. Yeah. So, you know, how lucky. There's so much and to be how grateful lucky for. Yeah. That, because my midwife said, you know, maybe if I was asleep, I wouldn't have actually felt it so much. Or, mm-hmm. you know, if I was, had booked my float, you know, when you were mm. in the water, maybe I wouldn't have felt it. So, mm. you know, all these things sort of did come together that made it that she was okay, yeah. you know. Yeah. So, and if it's amazing, if it hadn't have been like that, hopefully she would have been okay as well. You know, sometimes exactly. we go through these scenarios in our head, and you do, yeah. What if this? What if that? Yeah, it's, like, it's counterproductive, it's isn't to, it? But, yeah, know. yeah. But it helps yeah. you be grateful for for your situation. It does, yeah. exactly. Yeah, it really does. Yeah, and yeah. potentially there's a bit of pride too with the birth plan. You know, you're someone who like I said before, you're really in tune with your body. Um, You pride yourself on your health and well-being and you had a plan and, you know, you were doing hypno and yeah. so, and you're probably telling people you're doing hypno and how amazing it is and you're looking forward to the birth. And then, so when it doesn't, doesn't go to plan, there's a wee bit of that too. Yeah, sure is. I mean, I really had that plan. You know, I had I had a plan for a cesarean as well, you know, knowing that that might be likely, Mm -hmm. you know, I had a playlist, I had, you know, I was really so set on it and (laughs) to not get that is, 
yeah, I guess a bit of a a letdown and a a bit of grief surrounding it. But so I'm not sure what your plans are, and you don't have to answer this. But has it mm. put you off impending, you know, future births, or um, how hasn't. are you feeling towards that? Yeah, I definitely would like another baby. Um, I guess it's just changed my mindset a little bit around it because. Yeah, I went when I first got pregnant. I was, I remember saying to Tim, I'm really scared of giving birth. Like, I'm scared of that pain, you know, because mm. you see on the movies, it's like this terrible thing. <laughs> yeah. But then um, the hypnobirthing, like I said, that that changed that for me. And I was really mm. looking forward to it. And I maybe too much because I sort of became, I, I sort of started saying, like, birth is so natural you know I don't know why there's so much intervention this yeah. is ridiculous you know like I really was like yeah I know exactly what you mean other way yes and now that this has happened it's like okay I can yeah. see you know we need that like if we didn't mm. have that I wouldn't have Poppy right now so it's just opened my eyes a little bit more to like yes you can have a beautiful natural birth mm. and it does happen but it doesn't happen for everyone and yeah. you know you just because there's sort it's of two things, there's two ways, you know, I'm sort of in the middle and that I think that your birth can be really natural and yes. um, with my second and third, it was completely natural. Um, in my first child, the midwife burst the waters, so she oh, intervened okay. and then it didn't go well from there. Yes. Um, Whereas Gus was born completely encased in, in the waters, which is really rare. Oh my rare. gosh, that's amazing. That's yeah. so rare. And then with Emmy, they burst as she was coming out. So oh. I'm kind of anti the intervention yes. to an extent yes. as well. Because, yes. But then I don't know the ins and outs. Maybe she had to, but I don't believe she had to do that. Yeah, um, I'm with you on that. It's, it is. It's like it's needed sometimes but it's mm. also like if the baby's okay if no one's in distress yeah you know maybe it uh-huh. can just be left until yeah. they're ready I don't know it's, and yeah. I um w- did the hip- hypnobirthing and there was yeah. a trainee doctor in there as well and she was just blown away at how calm I was and really um you know she was like doesn't it hurt doesn't it hurt and I was kind of thinking man, there needs to be more education around how it can be. Like it doesn't have yes. to, shouldn't be perceived. Like, yes, no. it hurts, but we don't use that word. You use the word intensity. And yes, if you're exactly. thinking it's going to hurt, it's then it will. Hurt. It's like if yeah. someone punches you in the arm and you yeah. think, right, it's not going to hurt. Or if you, yeah. you're you all timid, you're scared, then yeah. it hurts. Yeah, I definitely think there's a lot of room for more education Absolutely. around birthing, but at the same time, it's that intervention is needed, but it's having the qualified people and working together with your midwife so that, that they intervene when they need to. That's right. I'm totally with you. Yeah. yeah. So you're very in tune with your body. I've, I've put that, those words in your mouth <laughs> all day, um, but I believe you are and it comes across yeah. like that and I feel in tune with my body when I'm doing your yoga sessions. It's oh, like this awesome. gift you have with your voice and the way, you, the way you talk it through, but it hasn't always been like this for you, has it? No, no, it hasn't. So I think it was about eight years ago now that – things started to change so I suddenly developed um, these migraines which I'd never had before the first one I had was so intense the doctors actually thought I was having a stroke it was like all the same sort of symptoms um wow that must have been yeah yeah and they sort of yeah that obviously came right and I went back to my life but they started getting more and more frequent um to the point where there was like this three-week period where I was just in this constant state of migraine like it just didn't go away and you um, can't function in that sort of state can you, you? you couldn't function. work you couldn't what no. were you doing at the time were you because you did go to uni were you studying then yes, or had you this was after uni I'd lived in Melbourne for a year um come back home and I hadn't been home long actually and I was working for my dad over in Tauranga um and yeah that's when it started so 
yeah, it's sort of like I've got to really like think back to sort of all a blur. But <laughs> well, it's funny, isn't it? Because a couple of years ago, like when when you interviewed for the job, you told yeah. me a bit about it, and it's yeah. like fresh. I was um, yeah. in the relationships podcast the other day. Yeah. I was trying to recount some stuff that had happened and I was like whoa a bit more time's passed than I sort of realized and I'm struggling yeah. to get these memories and I guess if you don't think about it right it's sort yeah. of like it's in the back of your mind yeah so and you feel like um bit. we're in this new stage of life and it sort of seems to stay the same for quite a while yes. so that um something that happened you know yeah. in, in your 20s feels like the same amount of time apart as it was four years ago do you know what yes, I mean? But you forget that, that times actually that extra yeah, four years you, in this yeah, new stage of life has happened. Yeah. 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 Anyway. Yeah. So this sort of started this, um, it was quite a terrible time in my life, really. Um, I tried lots of different medications. I had um, scans on my brain. They thought it was maybe a brain tumor. It was like nothing worked, nothing. So how long did this no go on for? It went on for, I'm trying to think of the dates, like, it was in total, it was over a year that I was really sick and couldn't work. Um, Yeah, it was, it sort of just became, that's what my life was, you know, I had to move back in with my mum, I pretty much like lay on the couch every day and then I maybe could go for a walk sometimes I'd get like you know a few hundred meters and then no I have to turn home to go back and And so you spend a whole year like this and the doctors what just don't know what's wrong with you they don't know they do not know like how worried we how worried (laughs) was your family yeah like my poor mum because she was the one really caring for me like Mm. she just she was so stressed and but she was the one were you thinking maybe you had cancer or like yeah like had had you had MRI scans and things yeah they did the scans on my brain yeah um but everything was fine like and that's the frustrating thing because they're like no you're fine that's like well I'm clearly not fine you know um but yeah then I I tried this migraine diet as well which was like this really restrictive diet didn't do anything um so what sort of diet was it what it was like it was really weird stuff like it was particular fruits and vegetables you couldn't eat Mm -hmm. um I think it was like dairy products things with sulfites like it was quite a random sort of a diet and I think it can work for some people Mm -hmm. um but but that wasn't your problem from something else yeah (laughs) so um yeah, my mum pretty much spent all her spare time researching, researching, researching. And I remember one day she said what sort to me, of sorry, What sort of things are you yeah. Googling when you're researching? Like, I don't even know. Brain like, injury. Think, yeah. Brain, yeah. I think she was, yes, because it was mainly, it was like migraine. But, you know, with a migraine often comes like the, the body aches and... The tea, yeah. um, the the fuzzy brain did you have blurred vision like yeah sometimes I had like yeah it was really weird like even would you vomit would like scramble no I wouldn't vomit yeah Yeah, it was um it just like takes over your whole being you know like you just sounds hideous for a year yeah Yeah, it was really terrible (laughs) really really low point in my life and sorry Um, you were saying one day there was a yeah, one day yeah. my mum said to me, you know, I've been doing this research and I think you might need to stop eating gluten. And I was like, no, I don't want to do that. <laughs> I love I love bread, you know, I yeah. love all that stuff. So I resisted it for a while. So had the doctors not suggested this? No. So no. do you think they would now? Was it because it was eight years ago? Was it less common then? Or? I honestly, honestly don't know if they would. Um I would like to say they might, but yeah, yeah, because migraine, I don't know, it's like in natural health, because, you know, I sort of found my way there. Um, If you've got headaches and migraine, often they say it's it's linked to the gut, Mm -hmm. but no one's, I've never heard like a doctor say that. I've never heard, they, you know, if, if it's, if you've got a sore head, it must be in your head. You know I what see. I mean? Like that's yeah. where it's coming from. Yeah. Um, it's 
but hopefully I'm wrong. Hopefully they are sort of finding these links. And, mm-hmm. Yeah. So I did stop eating gluten and I started to get better. So, mm. um, seems so simple, like basics. <laughs> yeah, I know. But so yeah. normally are the symptoms in the gut for gluten for celiac? They can be. So that is the most common. Sorry, I'm kind of, of jumping ahead to the punchline. Yeah. You haven't actually told us what was oh, well, yes, officially that's wrong. That's all right, yeah. <laughs> so, yes, it's, it was celiac disease. Yeah. Um, and, yeah, it is um, It is normally in the gut, um, but there are silent celiacs. So some people have no symptoms whatsoever, mm. which is, you know, And really it's, the it's damaging dangerous. their organs, isn't it? And they don't even know, right? So God. that's terrible. But yeah, a lot of people do get these sort of neurological symptoms as well. Yeah, which is sort of crazy. But there is that there is a direct link between the brain and the gut. Mm. So well, you know, it our body all works together. It's one. Exactly. It's not like a whole lot of separate things. That's so true. Yeah, absolutely. So and yeah. So you just started this yourself. No, no doctor said, "Hey, give this a no. go." Or here's a diet plan or anything. No, you just even in that cut out diet it doesn't say to cut out gluten, which I sort of find hilarious. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's strange. You know, because it is, even if that's not what's causing it, gluten is really inflammatory. Mm. So you'd think it still would be something you'd cut out. But mm. anyway, and so how was the shift? Yeah, it did take time because there was so much damage done, obviously, that it wasn't like, you know, I immediately felt better. But I see. So just... Over yeah, that sort of it, year, the gluten had been damaging yeah. your body. Yeah. So it, yeah, it took some time. I was able to, I did an interior design course via correspondence just for something to do, you know, yeah. sort of keep me busy. And yeah, it just sort of, during this time, Tim and I had got together as well, which was sort of a weird time to meet someone. But... Oh, so even when you were sort of on the couch and not, <laughs> yeah. not up for much? Well, he was living in Christchurch, in Burnham, in the yeah. army base, because he was in the army, and I yeah. was up in Rotorua, so it was this long distance How did you relationship. We met on Tinder, actually, oh, which classic. was like right when Tinder was sort of new. Just fresh and new and cool. Tinder success story. <laughs> it's quite hilarious. That's cool. Yeah, so we we talked for like three months before we actually met, which oh, was which was quite cute. yeah. It actually was quite nice. So we really got yeah. to know each other, and then yeah. we met, and it was this long distance thing for yeah. quite some time. Um, yeah, but as I sort of started to get better, I think to begin with, I wasn't really strict with my diet. Like mm-hmm. I tried to be, but I didn't fully understand it mm-hmm. like I do now. You know, so I would um, I would still be ingesting bits of gluten. So it was sort of quite up and down. For so a while. are you meaning like um, you might have a can of tomatoes that contains traces of gluten, or are you meaning actually having bread? No, biscuits? not actually having bread, but yeah, having that cross contamination. Yeah, which yeah, because my mean, husband's gluten free. He's not celiac. He's yes. gluten free, and he? yeah, he was having gut problems for a while and yeah. not feeling great. Um, and really lethargic and yeah yeah so he cut gluten and he was a new person straight away on him. Yeah. but um he definitely has cross-contamination yes and so, he's okay yeah but I yeah and I think he sort of says he's um he's okay enough yeah okay so I think he's he'd rather not be he's happy enough where he's at rather yeah. than being completely stripped I totally get that it's yeah it's a nightmare but that's quite different to having celiacs where you yeah you know what is the difference yeah if you're say gluten intolerant Mm. you know you can have like those trace amounts you Mm. can have something that's you know your gluten-free sandwich prepared on the same board as someone else's gluten sandwich you know like you're okay with that Mm -hmm. but because celiac disease is an autoimmune disease Mm -hmm. which you know if if you don't take it seriously it can lead to bowel cancer. You know, it, it is a really serious disease. Mm-hmm. And the only treatment is eating gluten-free. Like that is the only thing that you can do. And it needs to be 100% gluten-free. So mm-hmm. yeah, you need, you know, our house is a gluten-free house. So Tim doesn't eat gluten at home mm-hmm. because it's just so hard. You know, you can't use the same toaster. You can't use the same board. Mm. Um, 
it's yeah it's really hard and I'm really glad we get the chance to talk about this because it's cool if I can raise a little bit of, of awareness around yeah. it you know because it makes eating out you know it takes the enjoyment out of it because you go somewhere and you've got to be that person like oh yes. I'm celiac you know um you know can you cater for me and can you make sure that this is gluten free mm-hmm. and you know do you have a separate workspace and it's just like you oh, know man that is hard yeah. and because so yeah. many people are gluten intolerant as well yes. and then some people are gluten free by choice yes there's some people out there who aren't so understanding of it absolutely yeah and can yeah. be a bit like oh here we go yes exactly one of these people sort of because thing. there are some people that you know make quite a big deal out of it and say it's gluten free and then they'll go and order something out of the cabinet that's yep. not gluten free and, mm-hmm. and you know so the server's obviously going to yeah well how ridiculous you know Mm. we're not going to go to the effort but Mm -hmm. yeah I mean you can't you know you go to a go somewhere and there's something labeled gluten-free it doesn't mean that it's safe for a Mm -hmm. celiac so that's that's really where it's hard so it'd be hard to travel so uh, because I think you've you probably would have found cafes and restaurants around you that do it and they know you and they do a good job well to be honest Todong is actually really terrible like Uh for <laughs> yeah like <laughs> we don't eat out much like there are a couple of places actually somewhere here in Rotorua um, in Rotorua at the moment, um which yeah which is great but yeah it's really it's I'm surprised really there's not a celiac chef out there there probably is some around but yeah um one near you that started yeah. up a yeah completely you know there celiac. Are some pla- I know there are some places in Tauranga people go to but I've just had quite a few bad experiences that it just puts me off. Yeah, you know? so t- tell us yeah. about that. What's happened there? Actually, the first time Tim and I decided let's go out for breakfast after we'd had Poppy, I can't remember how old she was. Like, I think she was probably like four months old or something. Um, and I did all my research, you know, found this place that, you know, everyone said, yep, it's great. Went there. They brought my breakfast out. And I remember the lady had told me, you can have this, but you can't have the hash brown. It's not gluten free, but there was a hash brown on my plate. And so, you know, I had to send that back saying, I don't think this is gluten free. Then I'm pretty sure they just took it off and gave it back to me. And I kicked myself. I should have, uh, you know, pushed a bit harder, but you just want to sort of enjoy and yes. you think it'll and you be think, oh, I don't want to be a pain. And yeah, you've already but feel like you've caused um, exactly that's trouble you when you had like it because you'd, you'd said, you know, do you say I'm celiac, not is it gluten-free? Yes, I do say I'm celiac, yeah. yeah. And, you you know, sometimes you get the response like, how celiac are you? And you think, okay, no, I'm out of here. Yeah. <laughs> there, there isn't, you know, a grading system. It's like you're either celiac or not. Um, but, celiac, but this lady was really onto it, but obviously the chefs weren't, I don't know, but I did end up being glutened and I was like, it's a delayed reaction, but it lasts for a long time. Like I will be quite unwell for probably a week. And it's not like, it's just from traces of it. Yeah. And Mm. it's not like I'm, you know, I don't know, vomiting or whatever, but I'm, it takes over my whole body. I get like that fuzzy brain, Mm -hmm. so tired. I get really irritable. Mm -hmm. Like it's, you know, it's obviously doing something so terrible inside. Mm. It just, affects me so horribly you know so it's just not worth it like it yeah. is just not worth it yeah oh man how awful is it something that suddenly comes on or had you had it your whole life and then yeah it just got so worse really or interesting. I don't think I had it my whole life no but you either have like you have the genes for it or you don't so obviously mm-hmm. if you don't have the genes there's no way of, yep. of developing it mm-hmm. but if you have the genes from my research, what yeah, what I've sort of discovered is that something can trigger it. Mm-hmm. So at the time, like before it happened, I had been living in Melbourne. I did this um, six-week sort of road trip through like the outback of Australia, and I was eating pretty much just gluten like the whole time. And I think I just overloaded my system with yeah. it. I was having some gut issues at that time but I sort of just thought you know it'll go away yeah but I think I yeah I think that's what did it was that I just overloaded my system and it it triggered it Mm. and then 
there it was yeah so because Crohn's is another one isn't it both Mark's siblings um have been diagnosed with Crohn's recently which is kind of interesting with him being sort of gluten intolerant so that is you can probably relate to people with that as well yes oh yeah absolutely yeah that's tough yeah, yeah, so what is the difference? So they, they theirs is dairy, gluten, and then certain yeah, foods that is, trigger it, trigger things. I'm not 100% sure on what it is they can't have. But, yeah, I think it's sort of anything that's quite inflammatory, mm. I guess, you know, because it is that inflammation that they're dealing with. Yeah. 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 And so you got your self-diagnosis and you – you know yes. thing, things got better and you yeah. did all this research and stuff because you weren't a yeah. yoga teacher yet or a pilates teacher yet no I wasn't, that came no. after the celiac yeah yeah it did um I hadn't really even done much at all I mean I studied dance at uni and we okay did so it's some, a bit related you know yeah it's related yeah. like I've always sort of done something along the you know in this field mm. and we did do pilates at uni but it didn't click with me at that point. I guess, yeah, different times in your life. You, yeah. You know, gel with certain things. Yeah, interesting. Um, yeah. But yeah, I really, yeah, throughout this process, I turned to natural health. Like that mm-hmm. is what actually helped me and got mm-hmm. me through. Um, I turned to yoga for the first time and I f- just was like, wow, this is amazing. You mm-hmm. know, how did I not know about this before? Yeah. And yeah, I started practicing quite regularly. Was this when um, you were still um, getting through the effects? Of, yes. Yeah. 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 It really helped me, you know, and the, all the breathing and stuff. Mm-hmm. It's just good for calming the nervous system as well, yeah. you know, because I, I wasn't was in reassuring? a good place. Yeah, it was. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And yeah, as I got better, um, I eventually moved down, moved in with Tim down on the army base in Burnham and he got into it with me as well, which was really cool. Then, yeah, we decided to go traveling. So we, we started in Eastern Europe and did a few months there. And then we went to India and we both did our yoga teachers training there, like this full immersion, um, in this ashram for a month. Uh, which was oh so recommend it to anyone if anyone's wow. thinking about doing it it's even if you don't want to be a teacher just to actually experience it is cool. is great yeah so what's a what's a day like on this oh it's really intense so it's quite cute you someone with this little bell walks around to wake you up you know yeah. I think it's like five thirty. You intense you're in the one we were in was like these little little cabin type things you know very basic um and you're up meditation first thing in the morning where like you're 5 white, a.m 4 yeah. a.m yeah um your white clothes and you meditate and then you go have a cup of tea you do some of like the ayurvedic practices like the neti pot so you put like the little neti pot in one nostril with water so uh, saline water in it and it goes through your nostril through the I never heard of that what do you call it neti pot it's called a yeah neti practice is it cleansing your sinuses and yeah it's great Mm. I recommend it yeah so we sort of learn all these practices like that um then we would do two hours of yoga in the morning um and then we would go and have breakfast was all silence as well so it was silent well not all silence silence from 10 p.m until 10 a.m wow so we would eat breakfast in silence was it hard to get used to at the start did you go to speak it really was hard and it's quite interesting because you would catch yourself going to say something that really was like so unnecessary yeah you know interesting yeah and and it did just actually make you think about what you're saying Mm. you know and why you're saying it so it was quite cool Mm. But it was hard. I have. I don't know how people do the ones where, like, you do not speak for the entire retreat. Like, that oh. is intense. But I'd say it would be amazing, you know. But mm. this was hard enough. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, the, the day when it was just pretty full on, really. Um, 
we did some, a lot of theory, like anatomy, um, history of yoga, um, the philosophy, and then more yoga every afternoon. And then in the evenings, you were usually studying, or there might be like a yoga film that we'd watch, mm-hmm. or something like that. Yeah. Um, or um, singing and chanting, which was really mm-hmm. fun. I loved that. And is it yeah. something that, like, did you get to know the other people that were doing yeah. it with you? And were yeah. some of them almost like a bit lost, had been through a lot of experiences in their life and they were sort of refinding themselves? Definitely. There was a lot of that, you know, pe- yeah. yeah, definitely people that were lost. And it was, yeah, it's probably the best thing you can do. I mean, it really does. It gives you that time to just be with yourself, get mm-hmm. to know yourself. And I mean, they were just amazing people. We, we traveled afterwards and we went and stayed with quite a few of them and we're still friends with a lot of them oh, now. We cool. keep in touch. You and know, they're probably and quite different amazing. to you, are they? But you've just got this something that you've experienced yeah, together that absolutely. unites yeah. you. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. How cool. Yeah, and are they all around so, the world? All around the world. Like, it's oh, amazing. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. We stayed with someone in Luxembourg, London, Copenhagen. Like, yes, we've even yeah. had some come stay with us here. Oh, like, it's great. just amazing. Yeah. 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 And have some of them gone, gone on to be yoga teachers as well? Yeah, I think definitely a few, but a lot of them actually were just there to experience it. Like they had no intention of becoming teachers, mm-hmm. you know, it's, it was just for them. Yeah. Which was cool. Yeah. yeah. That's really cool. Yeah. Awesome. When did you get into Pilates then? When did that come along? So Pilates, you know, I need to think that was, must have been a couple of years ago now. I wasn't loving my job at the time and in the health shop I just felt like I needed something new and I was sort of trying to figure out what to do and I'd heard about this woman who was offering um apprenticeships and pilates so I went and talked to her I had a little trial session and like I immediately just fell in love because what what I trialed was the reformer and I'd never tried it before and it was so great mm-hmm. um so yeah I just was hooked instantly and I think yoga and Pilates I mean they're really different but they go really well together at Mm. the same time if that makes sense yeah it's interesting that you say that because I think that they go together nicely but almost um yoga destroys Pilates reputation in in a way and what I mean by that is um I have so many people that try our Pilates sessions and think, oh, I didn't think it was going to be like, like that because it's often grouped with yoga. They yes. thought it was going to be uh, a lot slower okay. and less challenging. I but then in saying that, a lot of people don't understand how challenging yoga can be and yeah. the sweat and the cardio you can get from absolutely from a more intense yoga. And we have that yes yeah. yoga on Dedicate, which yeah. is more of that um, strength. Absolutely. Yeah. Or even if they, you know, because I often say it like with the yin yoga, if if people are really um, busy, sort of those sort of people that find it hard to sit still and that, that sort of yoga can also be really challenging, you know, to sit still and find a really deep stretch. Mm. I, I, I wish more people would, would give it a chance because mm. it's, give yin yoga it's a chance. tough, you know, it's yeah. hard, but in a different way. Mm. And it just, it makes I actually find yin yoga easier to yep. slow down for than normal yoga now you'll be thinking what's normal yoga no, <laughs> no, such thing. You but you know what I mean so with the normal um I'm yeah. doing the you know speech yeah. bubbles yoga you're slow down but you still have to sort of move yes whereas I find with yin it's like you kind of relent to okay I'm holding this position yes, and I get to I'm hold it here. and yeah. I'm staying here and I can hold it yeah 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 that makes sense I don't know if other people are the same but um I think that's that's why your the yoga sessions are really popular as well because people can relent to it and yes yeah it's kind of just like holding a stretch for a long time yeah yeah what's your favorite type of yoga to lead oh I think it is yin yoga to be honest Mm -hmm. well I say that but I love a good like Hatha yoga, a good flow as well. Yeah. I, it's hard. Usually, like when I would teach um, elsewhere, I would often combine the two. Like I would yeah. start off sort of slow and then we'd 
get into a real flow, get the heart rate up. And then I would always then wind finish down with again. a bit of yin. Yeah. And I feel like that's just the perfect sort of combo because yeah. I think there's benefits to both and I mm. love both. Um, and that's something people yeah. can do on dedicate if they're looking for like a longer session. Yes. Is they could do one of Helen's. Yes. Um, either a yes yoga or a B yoga with Helen. Yeah. And then finish with finish a B yoga with Billy. Yeah. And that's like perfect. a complete class that you get if you're <laughs> yeah. going to a one hour one at the gym. Yeah. Yeah. That's right. Absolutely. And so do you have, is that your same, is that your favorite to do as well as teach? To do um, for me, I think would be more of the Hatha yoga, like the vinyasa flow. Yeah. Yeah. But always ending with a good shavasana. You know, I think that's really important. She's speaking another another language. Oh, so relaxation, (laughs) you know, when you're just lying there and. Yeah. Because I really that hate when you go pose to pose is so nice yeah. at the end. I hate when you go to a class and they don't add that in. I really feel mm. cheated. It's like yeah. you have to finish with that, you know? Mm. Yeah. And um, Mish, our Pilates instructor, is a yoga instructor as well, but yes. not on Dedicate. And you can tell yeah. because she finishes her Pilates often with with a, <laughs> yeah. what did you call it? Sin- Shavasana. Shavasana. Okay. Yeah, that's the so... I'm going to carry on with these few questions and then we're going to wrap yeah, it up. Cool. What is your favorite? Oh, what do you like better, yoga or Pilates? Oh, uh, I feel sort of bad, but. The question, yoga. the question. Yeah. I, yeah if you had said Pilates, I would have been a wee You'd bit surprised. Shocked. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and so outside of yoga and Pilates, what's your favorite dedicate workout? Oh, yeah, because I've been doing a lot recently. Um, it's got to be Ignite. I really love oh, it. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You're not alone there. Yeah, I've tried them all. I mean, they're all great, but there is something about that. I'm really mm. into it. Yeah. It just hits all the spots. You're it getting does. your cardio like you do with power sessions. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, you're getting your cardio on your hit and you're getting your strengthening and weights. Yeah. Um, and it's challenging, but it feels less daunting. So yeah. less challenging than hitting play on a power session, which is a hip hit workout. Do you know what I mean by that? You feel like you're not going to be doing so much jumping and running around, but you get just as puffed and sweaty because you've got those weights. I agree. I'm really reluctant when it's a power session. You know, like, can I be bothered? Yeah, it is like that. I mean, it's great once you're in it, you know, but with Ignite, it's sort of like, yeah, let's do it, you know. Yeah, it kind of just happens that you get there to that high, high intensity without, whereas a power session, you push yourself there by following along yes that makes sense exactly yeah yeah it does so effective ignite with the time yeah yeah your favorite way to exercise full stop it's just got to be yoga yoga. it's just got to be yeah i love it i love it yeah so what does a normal week of exercise look like for you at the moment oh it's very up and down but um with the dedicate rural challenge it was like the best thing for me because it's it's really got me back into it, but more consistently. Mm. Um, so I will aim to do the four four sessions a week. Mm-hmm. Doesn't always happen, but you know, if I've, if I've got that goal in mind, it's you know better than just oh, seeing totally. what happens. You know what I mean? Yeah, exactly. You um, have to plan them in. Yeah, schedule them in. It's just yeah, yeah. There's just I think there's no other way. Yeah. And so sometimes, yeah, if Poppy's having a nap, it will just be a quick little bit of yoga for myself. Or yeah, so how, how often a week like do you that. do actually do yoga? On top of what I'm filming, it's probably only like two times a week. I'd like it to be more, but... And so know, when you're doing thing. it yourself, yeah. so like when you're leading a workout, you would write it out first and do yeah. you have it on a board? Or do you just I kind do. of have it in your head and you just sort of let your body flow through? I write it out, but it's quite funny. I don't often stick to what I've written. I'm yeah. like, no, I want to do this. This feels right. Or, yeah. you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, this feels like a, the right thing yeah. after this. It's like the other week I filmed one. And I said, well, need a, well, I didn't say you need a bolster, but you know, bolster could be handy. But then I didn't even do, I was like, no, I don't want to do that. You didn't even that. need it. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, you didn't need that anyway. Yeah. But because it, it just, yeah, it's nice to, go with intuition and what actually feels right rather yeah. than no I planned this and we'll just do that sequence you know what I mean yeah so I think um yoga teachers are amazing and and Pilates at the calls like I don't think I'd be able to do it with okay now we do the left side and now we turn like you can't 
it's different with your yin, but with the hatha yeah. and stuff like that. Yeah. Just constantly giving the cues. It's yes. A, it's an art. It's, it takes practice. It is an art. It? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, for sure. Okay. Do you know what? that That's my questions. That's it. Yeah. So thank wow, you so much, Billy. Was there anything else you wanted to add? <laughs> Maybe um, a bit of advice. So let's start with birthing. So advice for someone who's pregnant at the moment. We might have scared yeah. some people out there. Yeah, so. <laughs> I do feel bad about that. It's yeah. Like, I think um, I think a hypnobirthing course is amazing. Or if you don't want to do it, you can read the hypnobirthing book. Yeah, um, and I completely second that. Yeah, I, I had someone take me one on one, but she was she yeah. was training, and yeah. um, yeah, it was so good because it's really important. I mean, regardless of if you have an experience like mine or you know a completely natural birth or whatever, the technique I still used the breathing techniques, mm. you know, and like Tim just said, "Oh my god, you were so calm," and I didn't think I was calm, but you know, yeah. I wasn't like hysterically crying or anything. Mm-hmm. I was just doing my calm breath and you know that's just it's so mm. helpful you know and it's particularly hard to convince someone who hasn't had a baby before yeah so I had a few friends who didn't sort of take on my advice yeah and then took it on for their sub- yeah. subsequent pregnancies because yeah. um you think oh no I'll be right I don't need yeah. it but it's yeah and the name can be a bit misleading and that because so we too. think of being hypnotized as, yes. you know, being put under yeah. and doing stupid yeah. things like, like, yeah. like you see on TV. But the way I like to think of it is um, I don't even know if I got into the hypnosis state or not, but I know that my mind, I was convinced that I was capable and I was convinced that I could do it and I was yes. able to be calm and I had confidence and Absolutely. I was I think in tune with it. my body. Yeah. yeah. It's that confidence mm. that, you know, I can do this. My body Mm. is, you know, made to do this. And it's also about, you know, learning that you don't have to lie on your back to give birth. You know, there's all these other positions Mm -hmm. and that you trust what feels right. You are in charge, Mm -hmm. you know, you get to make the decisions. You don't have to go in there and someone else is telling you, this is what's happening. It's like, this is your body. Listen to your body. It will give you the cues. And And as well with the pushing was a big thing for me was, so they tell you not to push. Yes. Um, and I found that I can't remember which one it might've been Emmy that I was just like, I have to push, I have to push. But the thing is I had to push because my body was telling me to push. Your body was saying, not the midwife yeah. saying push, push. So I ended up with popped um, blood vessels all through my eyes with my first baby because my midwife because was saying push. No, because oh, they told because me to push said, and I wasn't ready. And you weren't ready. And yeah, okay. um and then she told me to push harder. So I was like, I can't push harder. Okay, I'll try and push harder. And so oh I pushed God, through my face okay. and blood vessels burst. Anyway, wow. um, do it. Do the hypno. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely do it. Yeah. And I just want to say, I guess, you know, everyone has a birth story, mm. you know, and some are going to be better than mine and some are probably, you know, worse than mine. But I do think it's good to talk about it, you know? Um, and yeah, if you are pregnant right now to, yeah, just really get in tune with your body, you know, do some, do some yoga, do some, learn some of the breathing. Like it it goes a long way. It's really the best thing Mm -hmm. you can do to prepare, you know? And I think there might be some people out there listening who are realizing that they haven't dealt with, um, their birth and how yes. traumatic it actually was. Yes. I remember talking about it with friends, you yes. know, afterwards and you nearly cry and you get sort of yes. almost now you get quite intense and you realize yes. that, wow, it's a big thing. Yeah. It's a massive it's a big thing, thing for yeah. sure. And you need to talk about it. I mean, like I said at the start, this already feels like, you know, a lot of healing has gone on just by actually, I think that's the first time I've actually like, said the whole Mm. story you know because I often will just not not even think about it because it's you know it it was so traumatic but you do you got to let it out you Mm. know and so do you already feel like it's helped just sharing it absolutely was yeah absolutely and it's nice to know too that it will help others like you've shared it with me but there's people who are yet to listen who have 
who are yeah. listening soon, um, you know, who have kind of shared this journey yeah, of your re- recovering from it as well. And yeah. so what about advice for people with celiac or just being diagnosed yeah. with celiac or know someone or even yeah. just, okay, start with that. Yeah, it's really tough. Hey, um, I think if someone's newly diagnosed, it's such a minefield to you know, navigate the ingredient lists on products and, mm. you know, figure out your house and how you're going to make it gluten-free. But it's, well, one thing I'd say is join the Celiac New Zealand Facebook group because there's yeah. so much support there and so much advice. And no it's doubt there's really, one really in Australia as well. And yes, there will absolutely be one in Australia, that's for sure. Um yeah, and I think you just take it a day at a time, you know, really. And everyone goes on that journey and you will make mistakes, mm-hmm. but you'll get there, I promise you. <laughs> um, if you know someone with celiac disease, I mean, the best thing you can do is just understand it, mm-hmm. you know, because I have friends that that get it and I can go to their house for dinner and, like, that's, yeah. that is – the best thing you know mm. it's not like the street oh my god we've been invited for dinner what are we going to do I'm going to take my own you know yes, what I mean that's really hard you can't stressful. really just be traveling the country and turn up at someone's house can you no you can't but you've got to be so prepared yeah and it does create this anxiety around food because mm. you've got to think okay where am I going to get my food from you know mm. okay there's a supermarket there or there's, you know like it's yeah and it's a social thing eating uh, so um, someone comes to your home and you mm. prepare food for them together and you yeah. enjoy it together. The minute someone doesn't want to be involved in that, yeah. but in your case it can't be involved in that, yeah. it's kind of like, oh, it sort of makes you stop and it kind of it's, disrupts yeah. the socialness of it, doesn't it? And It's, it's the hardest aspect of having celiac disease mm. is the social aspect because mm. it does. It takes away from it. You can't. Mm you can't just be invited somewhere and go and enjoy yourself, Mm. you know, it's, or even people coming to your house because we have a completely gluten free house. It's like, I don't want to offend anyone, but it's like, please don't bring anything because I don't want you bringing gluten to my house. Yeah. Because people can bring it without realizing, like if you say don't bring gluten, well, they won't bring bread, they won't bring pasta, but they might bring something that's got traces um, of it. Exactly. Yeah. 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 And then this likewise going to someone's house that you don't know that well, you, they might think that they've prepared it gluten-free yes. and you don't want so. to be rude but yeah you know it's really hard so did it change some friendships for you um it probably did in the sense yeah that I probably withdrew a little bit from certain people because it's too hard mm-hmm. you know what I mean um yeah. and you know say someone wants to organize a dinner out and mm-hmm. they don't factor in the fact that you're celiac and they're going somewhere that doesn't cater for you. I'm mm. not the kind of person that it's just not my personality to say, Oh, can we go somewhere else? Mm. I just actually won't go. Like but I'll just miss out. You, you kind know? of damned if you do damned if you don't, because if you, yeah. in some cases, if you say, can we go somewhere else? There'll be people thinking, Oh God. Yeah. And exactly. people think that we've been wanting to go to this, for this, to this place yeah. for so long. We're so excited about this particular place. It's, it's just right. opened or yeah. something like that. And I, yeah, I don't like to be that person. So, mm-hmm. I mean, will, prime will example, you ever um, eat before you go and then just go and have a few drinks or is that just oh, not the same I have, again? I have, but it's really awkward. Mm. <laughs> you know, everyone's saying, why aren't you eating anything? Or just, yeah. You know, and yeah, I definitely have done that, um, but it's not ideal. Yeah. <laughs> you know? <laughs> Yeah. Totally. Well, thank yeah. you so much for your time, Billy. Um, it is really important to raise awareness for absolutely celiacs because it yeah. is tough for you guys. Um, yeah. and I think a lot of us don't understand enough about it. Well, we, we know about it, but haven't thought through actually yeah. how challenging it is. Yeah. Um, yeah. So thank you. Thank you. Okay. I mean, and yeah, thank you I'll for just... sharing your birth story as well. Yeah. I just want to say something real quick, um, just how, you know, I'm really grateful for, you know, Poppy's here. I don't want people to listen to this and go, oh, she's, you know, complaining. You know, I'm, I'm grateful that, yeah. um, 
how it worked out, you know, it's, I'm so lucky. And with the celiacs as well, I'm lucky because it, it brought me to yoga. It brought me aware of natural health. It's made me really aware of what I use on my body, what I put into my body. And also for Poppy, you know, like I wouldn't have all this knowledge if it wasn't for that. So, Mm. you know, I'm grateful that, Mm -hmm. you know, there's some positives that that come out of these Mm. things. So I just want to say that yeah that's nice and it's interesting to think you know what you could be doing now if you didn't have celiac you might I know I think I would be surely in a completely different yeah field you know yeah so yeah, everything cool. happens for a reason right yeah yeah awesome thank you so much Billy thank you so much Kate it's been a pleasure see you right. bye see you bye thank you all so much for listening to the dedicate podcast Thank you to Billy for sharing your birth story for the first time and raising awareness for celiac disease. If you enjoy our podcast, we hope you do, we'd really appreciate it if you could please leave a rating and review wherever you listen to your podcasts. Thanks so much. Also be sure to subscribe so that you're notified when new episodes launch. If you loved this episode, check out Kate and Anna, Our Motherhood Stories, Tony Street, Grief, Love, Illness and Everything in Between, And make sure you're caught up on our newest season, Polly Harding, Losing My Dad, Moving to the Farm and more, and Kate, Anna and Caro, Relationships, Our Stories, Challenges, Learnings and Highlights. Dedicate is the online trans-Tasman fitness community for rural and real women, mums and those who love a down-to-earth approach to fitness. Everyone is welcome. You can join anytime with your seven-day free trial, but if you're listening to this podcast on release date, check out Waits for Winter. We start tomorrow, Monday the 30th of May. It's a seven-week challenge to give you a focus this winter. Strength, power, and confidence for all women, all ages, everywhere. Get your free trial or find out more at kateivyfitness.com. Thanks for listening, everyone. Catch you next time.